everyone, welcome to Movie of Bill and Steve, I'm Bill. Hey, and I'm Steve! Movies talk, so let's talk movies. Let's talk those movies. We are back! Back, like, baby! Like the McRib, McRib is back, check it out if you're participating in McDonald's. No guarantee it's going to be there, but i tell you what is there until a couple days from now. Shamrock Shakes, woo! Woo! Check them out, they're green, they taste good. They are not as good as the Andes Mint Shake that Arby's has now. Well, um... Okay. Just letting the folks at home know that, you know, Yeah, they... but Arby's can go fuck themselves. I mean, I'm not going to debate you on that point. I'm just debating on the shake. Arby's is cool, though. I do like Arby's social media account because they do cool, like, crafts and things. They do do cool crafts. And then Wendy's social media team looked at that and said, Hey, do we know anyone that can do crafts? No. Okay, well, I'm just going to insult people on Twitter. Great. Go for Hell it. Hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, I already, I already loved Wendy's. Now I just love Wendy's more. Hey, I'm in internet. What should I get out? <laughs> oh, uh-huh. sass sass uh, sorry what is the double double is better than anything you have that's that's absolutely true double double is better than <laughs> any burger yeah so i, I don't want to objectively 1000 percent say that it's the best cheeseburger but i really think it's the best cheeseburger uh i i usual thing i would say is for the cost for what you get for everything involved there it is the best yeah everyone always goes oh five guys or this that i'm like yeah but it costs like twice as much also five guys doesn't taste as good and it costs twice as much like yeah, whenever, exactly. whenever i go to five guys i look at it and it's set up like it wants to be in and out it has the same color scheme you can see <laughs> everything like it everything about five guys is just like we really like in and out and mm-hmm. then i get a burger and i spend eight dollars on like a sandwich as opposed to six dollars for a full meal at in and out yeah six dollars you can get like two double doubles and fry and a drink yeah and I sit down with the five guys, and I take one bite, and I immediately go, man, I wish I was in and out right now. Yeah. Glad I wasted the extra $4. Or you're like me, I go to White Castle, order 12 sandwiches, that costs like a buck fifty. I mean, White Castle's A-OK in my book, but it's its own very unique taste. I would, I think uh, you're either, you either are a White Castle guy, or you're not a White Castle guy. Well, I'm a White Castle guy. I'm a White Castle guy. I'm also white. So say with that, oh, you, what you will. Hell yeah, JonTron represent. We support John everything Tron, he uh, says. You know, hey, you know what? He didn't give Breath of the Wild a 7 out of 10. A-OK in my book. A-OK. Now all these other, this motherfucker, Jim Sterling... I'm gonna, I'm gonna find that motherfucker. I'm gonna burn his house down. How dare he say Breath of the Wild is anything less than a ten out of ten? What a piece of shit! He's literally raping me. Perfection. He lowered the Metacritic score. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, that May sixty four video was timeless. Goddamn, video game people on YouTube. They should stick to that. They should, they should just stick to that. In general, unless unless you're making a career off of being political or something, it's probably usually a good idea to not talk about anything involving that. Yeah, like... Es- especially like, if your views can be very plainly seen as a white supremacist. Or, oh, God, yes. Like, I'll... I'll this may be slightly controversial. controversial. All right, keep it controversial. That, like, John's first tirade that, like, the internet blew up on about, like, the Women's March, I didn't think that was that bad. I didn't think it was as bad as the internet made it out to be. I think that was John saying a couple fair points, like, that you could argue for or against, and then when people overreacted to it, he was shit at explaining his position. Yeah. And then, which is fine, like, knock that, but, like, at no point was I like, whoa, what a sexist misogynist. I was just like, okay, yeah, I think it's okay to say you shouldn't automatically agree with someone because of their gender. That's not an insane statement. Fucking relax, guys. But then, he became a mega racist. (laughs) If being a minority is so great, why wouldn't everybody want to be one? Uh, okay. I mean, did you know that uh, rich blacks commit more crimes than uh, poor whites? Look it up. It's a fact. Look it yeah, up. Yeah, I found it on the internet. My favorite, uh, I've been wanting to, I, I wish I had better skills at video making. Because there's that pic, there's the, the clip, I think, during the Star Wars reviews where he's wearing a Nazi uniform. <laughs> yes. And immediately when I see that and then all this stuff is happening, I think back to The Simpsons. <laughs> uh, where it's like when I think and it was the episode where Homer takes command, he joins the Navy and he's commander of a submarine and he goes in like Russian waters and everyone's like, oh, he's, he's defecting to the Russians. And it's a picture of him and like, you know, like the you know Russian outfit doing the dance stuff, and Lisa says, "I told him that ha- that photo would come back to haunt him." Yeah, <laughs> that's such like a good connect there that I just it cracks me up so bad. 
Someone did a, uh, they animated a new animation, but they did the original Game Grumps intro with Aaron Hansen and John Tron. Mm-hmm. And it was, hey, I'm Grump, and then it cuts to John, and it's just him talking, speaking all of his racist quotes instead of... <laughs> <laughs> and I lost my fucking shit. Oh, man, that's... I, I don't know if it's purely, like, he actually believes his stuff, or he's just such a, uh... It's weird, because he voted for Obama twice. And he was a huge Bernie supporter, so I don't know what the fuck happened where he's like this insane alt-right white nationalist. I, it's, it's, that's certainly the way he's tweeting about it. And it's so strange. It's just so strange. It's like it's so hard to tell whether or not he actually believes this or he's just so ignorant about this because he's just a, you know, a, I don't know, a man baby. I could potentially see that this is a... Like, he just started off with, like, man, social justice worries are retarded. And, like, other people would be like, yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, they're they're fucking stupid. And then he found the wrong people that agreed with him and just started listening to them about how it's black people's faults. And the problem is uh, with a lot of uh, video game YouTube groups that are very popular, like, even, even beyond that, like some uh, uh, movie review groups, uh, you seem to notice that their their fan base is full of um i would say people on the spectrum yeah like you read their comments or you see videos about from them and all these like you see meet these people and it's like yeah like i don't know i, I don't want to be insensitive because there's nothing you know but there you, you can you can get the gist of those type of people and so those people are just gonna be super supportive no matter what. Like that's the big controversy on top of this John Tron stuff is that you just have all these like video game fans and people supporting him. It's like that's just his opinion. But at the same time, like the joke I was making, then Jim Sterling says Breath of the Wild's okay, and everyone just like <laughs> DDoS, DDoS, like taking, like attacking him, doing all this shit to him just because he gave his opinion yeah. on a video game. How fucking dare he! Yeah, opinions on video games, fuck you. Opinions on black people, yeah, it's okay, it's just your opinion. It's just his opinion, guys, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, well, that's the John Tron update. <laughs> John Tron update! Uh, his, he's going down in flames. I, oh, I, I do not understand how he only releases one episode a month. He has a team of 11 people that work And a lot him. of money. <laughs> 11 people plus the money. It's insane to me. How little work he does. Yeah. Or at least what, what it, the, the production, like, sorry, sorry, what the, the end product is for how much time he's spending. I never, never adds up to me. I never could quite understand it. Yeah. I mean, I liked his humor before he became a mega racist. Um, <laughs> but I liked his humor. Like, I, I absolutely stood by, like, thinking his videos were funny. Oh, yeah, totally. But, Jesus Christ, like, they just don't show up. When he started doing movie reviews, though, I started to kind of be like, hmm. Because, like, he's doing stuff like Howling 2, and it's like, uh, this is Red Brown! This is great! Oh, you, you're not you're not commenting on the fact that this is Red Brown? Yeah. That's that's a source of comedy gold. It's Red Brown. Oh, you're just going to keep talking about Chris Riley's glasses. Okay. Yeah. This isn't this isn't your forte. You should just go back to reviewing bad video games. And doing doing funny, like, oh, what the fuck is a Sonic? Ha ha. Ha ha. Uh, I like to think that he just became racist because of Sonic 06. That's why he can never finish it. <laughs> uh, that's a good way to think about it. Uh, Steve, uh, it's been two weeks since we last recorded. Uh, you you own a home now. You've moved into a home now. You're getting comfy in this home. You're finding out that the walls are bleeding. <laughs> and like most white people in horror films, you're like, ah, let's stick it out. Well, yeah, we're going to stick it out. You know how much of a fucking nightmare that mortgage process was? Fuck you these don't... fucking... Bitch ghosts. Yeah, you'd rather like go homicidal and kill your wife than deal with the mortgage. Absolutely. Jesus Christ, we just got... There was a miracle getting this house. We aren't going to fucking do that again. We ain't going to be able to sell this, especially with ghosts. Jesus Christ. I know, you might be able to sell for more with ghosts. Buying this house absolutely explained to me the thought process of all the people in horror movies that don't move after buying a house. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it now. It makes sense. Uh, nothing scares me anymore. So yeah, house. Uh, so yeah, news. Uh, I bought a house. Um, I'm sure some folks remember that um, from before my two week hiatus. Uh, but you know, we got the house. You know, we've been making it our own. It's really coming along. We got most of the like first and second floor done. We still have work to do. We still have stuff to put away. 
Um, the basement is just a fucking seventh circle of hell down there. Jesus Christ. Uh, Much that's, like the Amityville Horror. Yes, uh, that'll be this coming weekend when we got to start working on that. Uh, once we start that rolling, it'll go well. Uh, but we need to start that rolling. <laughs> um, we just need to paint one last thing, the uh, stairwell hallway. And then that's it. And then it's pretty good. Um, we got uh, a bunch of new stuff. We got new furniture. We got coffee tables. We're like adults. Uh, I got a, I got a new TV, 4K, baby. Woo! Woo! It's funny, because uh, in 2009... I, or 2008, 2009, yeah, 2009, I bought a 1080p 40-inch television, and it cost me $1,200, and now in 2017, I bought a 55-inch 4K television for less than $500. Yeah. And, like, I get it, because that's how technology works, but it's still funny to think about that it's that much of a difference, even though the technology is better. You know, there's always that point where it just, like things just hit a mark where it's just become super cheap to produce yeah and uh this is that's rad i don't know i i I can't remind i can't remember how much my tv is i know it cost about a thousand last year Mm -hmm. because i I mean i I did buy brand i bought samsung because i've always bought samsung i mean my last tv well i mean last tv i still have my tv it's just going to go into the basement and become the Mm retro the retro gaming center and the nes classic will get hooked up to it since you know the cords are too fucking short to hook up the NES classic, classic <laughs> to a fucking mantle. Yeah. Um, but uh, that was a Samsung. I like Samsung. They make good good product. I agree. I agree of uh, that statement. Uh, other news. Uh, talked to um, a company. Uh, I think I could probably say them. Wild Eye Releasing is going to be picking up Carousel. Um, they're very into it. I talked to the uh, head honcho. Uh, about the movie, he loves it. He says it's insane. He says it sells itself. He says that it's actually a, a horror movie that's original instead of just another fucking slasher movie with some killer in a mask. Oh, speaking of, oh, real quick, quick segue. Did you see Tom Savini's redesign of Jason? Yeah, it looks terrible. I know, it looks fucking stupid. It looks stupid as fuck. Oh, God. And they're, like, promoting that, like, it's this big, cool thing. It's just like, no, all you do is take the Part 7 Jason and set him on fire from the inside. He looks like, I don't know, he looks like a Mortal Kombat. Like, that was his costume for, like, the Mortal Kombat tie-in thing. That'd be fine, but in a game, and a, like, as, like, the pruder bonus. Like, it's a pruder bonus. Pruder, yeah. now to get to Tom Zavini's epic new vision. I'm like, oh, fuck you. Fuck you. Tom Savini, motherfucker. He was at Horror Realm. He did not pull out his penis for anyone. Oh, man. He must be uh, losing his touch in his old age. He must not be down on... He's got that Friday 13th horror movie... Uh, sorry, video game uh, money flowing in. Yeah. Um, I was just at a horror convention, Horror Realm. Uh, that went well. Yeah, I was going to ask. I haven't had a chance to ask you how all that how that went. I mean, any, any good uh, news on sales and all that type of stuff? I mean, decent sales. You know, I made a couple hundred bucks after giving the producer his cut, after giving uh, my co-writer her cut, after the booth cost. I still made a couple hundred dollars. Nothing amazing, nothing to write home about, but I made a profit. You know, I talked. I talked to people. I hung out with some cool folks. I drank a lot. Um, my Q and A after the screening was interesting, if you ask my wife, because <laughs> I, I was completely shit faced. So one simple question became a twenty minute tirade about Netflix. Well, I mean that's. Uh, I mean, admittedly, we have that rant on this podcast, and we're sober, so yeah. I, I mentioned uh, that I did that uh, to uh, Sandy who uh, is one of the folks that runs Horror Realm and is apparently one of our actual fans that listens to the podcast. And she said, no, I know that rant. I hear it all the time on the podcast. I'm like, well, fuck, maybe we should stop doing that. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Sandy. Q&As or podcasts? Uh, Netflix rants on podcasts. Uh, I can't help it. All of a sudden, I just start seeing red. <laughs> uh, that's my big news, you know. Bought a house, got a TV, uh, saw wrestling last night. And oh yes, you went to a SmackDown taping. SmackDown Live! Or as I like to call it, uh, 205 Live, with a pre-show of SmackDown. Um, the best part of SmackDown was seeing all the, um, like the backstage stuff on the Titantron, mm-hmm. and seeing all the places where I hide as Spider-Man. Nice. Because <laughs> it's that arena. Yeah. How was it, uh, was it fan, uh, I guess, never mind. It's not, never mind. 
As I say, uh, I'd be really curious to see, because uh, on Raw, they do the cruiserweight stuff, the 205 stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, while they're doing segments on the Titantron, they have the ring crew run out there, put down the new mat, tape the ropes, do all this stuff. Like, just, even then on Raw, for, like, to have people come out there and have, like, a two-minute match, they have to do all this work to change the ring. Oh, yeah. And it's so funny. Yeah, I explained to my wife what she, what, uh, they were actually doing to the ring. Mm-hmm. She was just like, are they putting down, like, a... Like a tarp on the mat in case anyone bleeds, so it's sanitary. I'm like, oh god, no, they don't care about that. No, they're just changing the fucking banners. <laughs> yeah, it's changing it to purple and, and putting tape on the ropes. That's it. That crew is just lightning fast. So fast, it's super impressive. Fantastic. Um, but it went okay. Uh, SmackDown was fine. Got a good match with Becky Lynch, honestly. It was a good match. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a lot of talking, which I told my wife. But then yep. 205 Live was actually really tight. We had three good matches. Yeah, that show's a bit better because it's just a one-hour network show, so it's going to yeah. be usually a bit better on just having matches, not a lot of promo stuff. And there's two dark matches. The first one was a tag team between Fandango and uh, Tyler Breeze with against Rhino and whoever his partner was. He's, he's Slater. Thank you. Uh, he's, he's got kids. Uh, he needs his job. He does. <laughs> um, and then the uh, second dark match was after 205 Live, so it was super late, and it was an intercontinental match between Dean Ambrose and who the fuck knows, Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin. Yeah, everyone cared. I mean, it was cool to see Dean uh, wrestle, because he's mm-hmm. charismatic. Um, but it, more and more people kept leaving the show. Like, as soon as SmackDown was over, people were fucking... Like, half the arena yep. was gone. Yep. Now, I knew that was happening, but, like, more and more people kept leaving, and I didn't know why, because it was more than I was expecting, if you know what I mean. Yeah, that's a big problem with, like, 205 Live in general, because they put do it after SmackDown. Mm-hmm. So you keep watching the show, you can just, it never seems like there's a lot of energy. Well, <laughs> half the arena is empty. Well, as we, uh, after the Intercontinental match, we walked out to see that there was a huge fucking blizzard in our city, and that's probably one of the reasons why, because we kept apparently here, people apparently kept talking about how the roads were getting super fucking bad and dangerous. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, I kind of like that half of the casuals left after SmackDown because the 205 Live chants and stuff were much more real and actual wrestling fans. Yeah. You know, you got SmackDown, there's a bunch of kids, and they were having fun, whatever, but then since, as soon as 205 started, there was kids yelling like, oh, you're not famous, nobody cares, and I'm like, what the fuck, you piece of little shit? You little fuck? You little fuck? I'm gonna fucking powerbomb you. Fuck you, you little dipshit. <laughs> dipshit? Did you call moi a dipshit? Um... So, it, that's when it became a lot more fun with, like, holy shit chance and you fucked up chance and stuff like that. Uh, so, uh, 205 was worth the fucking admission, honestly. SmackDown was fine, whatever. Yeah. But 205 was a good time. Awesome. And, and my wife had a good here. time because it was her first wrestling match, ever. And Yay. she randomly became a huge wrestling fan because I showed her some stuff for a couple of months. Perfect. Perfect. Can't wait for Disappointment Mania. Can't wait. Uh, we got, looks like I'm looking at have 13 to 15 matches, a two hour pre show, four hour main show. That'll probably go over to five. Perfect. More is more. <laughs> more is more. No, it's not, guys. Fantastic. Uh, past two weeks, I haven't done a lot. Same old shit. I saw a lot of movies in theaters. Cool. Uh, I saw a Great Wall. That was really enjoyable. I wish... uh, I guess there's a white person in it. I can't enjoy I, it. <laughs> I wish. I wish to God that people were complaining about Matt Damon being in that movie would have saw the money the fucking thing. Because he just plays some European trader coming to China to get black powder, then finds out there's fucking aliens, from, like, not necessarily not aliens, but monsters from space that crashed on a meteor, and there's Chinese people fighting them, and he just helps them. Yeah. Ooh, white savior. No, maybe if you saw the movie, you'd know that's not the case. At all. You fucking idiots. Uh, then I saw Logan. I thought it was very okay. Very okay. I didn't think it was that great. How is it compared to other X-Men films, though? Uh, I still like First Class better. Okay, that's fair. So, there's that. So, would you say, like, First Class, then Logan, and then just Uh, a continuous, like, shit stain for the rest of the films? (laughs) You know, I think, for what it is, X-Men's still a fun film. It's not a perfect film, but it's still fine. Mm -hmm. Especially, it was, like, the the first of, like, that that resurgence of superhero films when it started, when it came out in 1999. So I think it has just a, a lot of charm to it. Mm-hmm. So I'd put that up there pretty high. But I mean, I, it's not that I think it's great or anything. Mm-hmm. But I think it has its place. Uh, I, I never really cared for 2 that much. 3 is obviously no one cares for 3. First Class is good. Or X-Men Origins is terrible. I, I never saw... No, here's the problem. I never saw The Wolverine. I never saw Days of Future Past. I didn't see Apocalypse. Because <laughs> <laughs> after First Class and then 
ooh, it's not my continuity. I just I checked caring. out. I, t- yeah. I did not care anymore. It was I was done. So, uh, so first class still my favorite. Big thumbs up. Cool. Uh, then I saw Kong Skull Island. How was that? I'm. I think it might be my favorite film I've seen this year. Okay. I'm not sure yet. I mean, I really enjoyed John Wick Chapter Two and such, but uh, Kong Skull Island that movie is fucking phenomenal. I uh, I was very hesitant. I think a lot of people were. I think the general attitude was do we really need another fucking King Kong film. Uh, but the director was on Doug Benson's uh, movie podcast, Doug Loves Movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of a panel show thing. And he kind of talked about, he, like, throughout the show, he was talking about King Kong. Like, in, like, the old movies, his fun facts here and there, all these things he knew. And he clearly had a lot of enthusiasm. And he even brought up himself, like, yes, a lot of people are going to ask why, oh, man, another King Kong film. But trust me, it's going to be great, all this other stuff. I thought, you know what? I th- he's got my, he's got me, my interest peaked. I'm going to give this film a shot. And fuck, it was great. That's awesome. It was a Vietnam War film that had like a two hundred foot tall godlike ape in it. I mean, I'm just glad that a new King Kong film is not the same fucking King Kong story that we've seen three times already. Yes, because that was my biggest annoyance with the Peter Jackson King Kong film. It was like, oh yeah, this is this is nice looking, but I already saw this two times. I don't know. This time around, they're not looking for oil like they were in the '76 version. That's good. There's, but, but at the same time, they also don't have evil Charles Grodin, so... Oh, that's a big negative. And Jeff Bridges. I, I don't quite care for 76, but there's some there's there's points of it I do like. There's points that are really good, but overall, no. Yeah. I, I, I And I'm one of the few people that loves uh, Peter Jackson's King Kong. I like it. Again, it's just... It's my issue with it's the same fucking story again. Again. Mm-hmm. Again. And this King Kong is like, nah, fuck that, it's a kaiju movie. It is... And I don't want to spoil anything about any there, but I will. I will say this: everyone left my theater except for like three people. There is a post-credit thing, so if you see it, Steve, or anybody listening sees it, stay for the post-credit stuff. I read what it was, and that sounds pretty neat. It is great, and I was really excited because particular things that happened in the post-credit was at the end under the copyright stuff, and I saw that and was like, <gasps> and then the post-credit thing happened. And like, <laughs> <laughs> you see the copyright stuff, and you know, you yeah, know like, what the oh, fuck. What is all this? What's going to be in the post-credit thing? Then it happens like, ah! It was fantastic. Because I'm one of those stupid nerds that actually does pay some sort of attention to the credits. Yeah. I So do I. I mean, I, I, A, I like reading who worked on it, and B, I like seeing, you know, who I know. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, because sometimes you do see, like, credits or stuff. Like, that person wasn't in the movie. Then you find out, oh, later, it's like, oh, there's a deleted scene. Yeah. Yeah, that does They're happen They're still sometimes. in the credits. It's pretty funny. Hi, I'm Nick Fury, talking to you about the Monster Initiative. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, Sam Sam Jackson is great as well. I mean, the acting, everything. I just th- big thumbs up. Check the film out. It blows my mind though. I did not realize that Sam Jackson is sixty eight years old. Oh yeah, God. You know, I I've said this before. Black don't crack. I I know that because of how much he tried to get a uh, free golfing match uh one time when he was working on a movie that my buddy was working on and when the uh club said fuck no we're not giving you free golfing just because you're sam jackson he immediately said okay we'll give me the senior discount (laughs) swag so i knew he was a senior (laughs) yeah swag 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 on Uh, fleek on fleek i don't know what that means i also Uh, don't know what that means but wrapping i'm a a, a dab real quick though i'm doing it doing the dab (sighs) does that mean smoke weed no, that's that's I don't I don't know I don't even know what it is I just know I just know kids do it. Oh fucking kids! I hate kids. I feel like we're I'm getting that age where I'm not quite. Fuck, I don't know. Even when I was like, I guess what kids are now, like you know, fifteen, sixteen, I didn't get most pop culture things. I just got like it was me. I was just sitting on like at high school, going on something awful and reading stupid articles. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I didn't even understand most stuff then. I I understood like what jokes on the internet were before everyone called them memes, and then thought that was a like that was comedy. Yeah. As Lotac said, you know, I, memes are terrible because just because just you share something five thousand times doesn't mean it's funny. Right. <laughs> uh, but uh, get out, get out. We caught, we caught up. Two weeks gone. We're back. We got a little bit of news to squeeze in here. Uh, we got some cool trailers for the last two weeks. Got a new Wonder Woman trailer. It still looks intriguing. We still have no clue what's going on in the film. I think it looks pretty hype. It looks pretty great. Uh, no, Steve, we're supposed to say it looks terrible. Oh, DC fucking gonna be bad. 
And then I think there's some other trailers, uh, but I, I haven't had a chance to watch them. Everyone's freaking out because of Atomic Blonde starring Charlie Theron. Most of the trailers were just fighting two guys on a stairway, and it looked okay. Sounds fair. I don't know. I, I, I watched, I'm sure I'll see it. I, I probably should watch the full trailer. Maybe the other half of the trailer will have her do something that makes me go, wow. Can you, did you see that? Whoa. Whoa. Yowza. Zimbabwe. Uh, so uh, that's nothing Nothing big on that news. Now, Steve has some major news that he has not revealed to me yet that's been going around the horror community involving Netflix. Now, Steve, why don't you give me the lowdown? Okay, I'm going to give you the lowdown. Because, like, like uh, when we were ramping up to this, Bill asked, like, hey, do you have a... Do you have a link for me? And I was just like, not fucking really, because it's just like a bunch of, it was like just one piece of information that like directors noticed, and then like everyone's writing about it, everyone's talking about it, everyone's going nuts about it, everyone's bitching about it. Um, so the basics, the basic thing is a bunch of indie directors and indie horror fans are getting really upset because Netflix is taking down a bunch of horror movies off of, I'm sorry, not Netflix, Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime is taking off a bunch of movies off of Prime. And when you search for the film, you actually have to... It'll be like it's not on the search results. And there's a little tiny piece of text that says omitting adult results. And you have to click on that in order to see these horror films. Now, what everyone bitching will not say is that, A, Amazon is not removing any movie. It's Mm -hmm. still available on Amazon Instant Video... Filmmakers are still able to submit to Amazon directly and have it available to rent or to pay to purchase digitally. It just can't be on Prime. And two, Amazon is now removing every fucking indie horror movie. They're removing shit that's like hard R or X rated. Yeah. Like everyone, as they keep losing their minds, I and a few other people, we are in the position of like, are you really fucking surprised? Are you really surprised they removed this movie with all this rape? Are you yeah. really surprised that they removed this movie with all this, like, uh, below-the-belt nudity off of Prime so that, like, there's not a bunch of, like, kids or random people that just so happen to watch the movie for free by accident? Mm-hmm. It's... It, but everyone's acting like it's the end of the fucking world, and don't get me wrong, it's annoying. I can understand people disagreeing with Amazon. I can understand filmmakers saying, like, hey, this was... You know, Netflix would never take my film, but Amazon was so open and welcoming... And Prime was a great way to make extra money from, like, casual fans as opposed to people that want to buy it. I can get that mindset. But everyone's acting like this is the end of, like, indie filmmaking when it comes to Amazon. Or that Amazon is, like, sticking it to the independent market. And there's a bunch of fucking fans being like, oh, I'm canceling my Prime membership. This is ridiculous. And my response is like, hey, if you really want to, if you really wanna support those movies, why don't you just pay to rent them on Amazon? <laughs> <laughs> Steve, you dumb bastard. Yeah, clearly. That's my bad. Yeah. How dare how dare people actually, you know, financially support independent filmmaking. No, fuck that. I just want to spend ten dollars a month and get infinite media. Gotcha. I uh I didn't re- I got mixed up there. I thought it was Netflix, not Amazon. Uh I don't um I don't know. I mean, that doesn't sound that bad to me. No, it, in my opinion it's not. Like I, again, I can understand filmmakers disagree people disagreeing with it. I can understand people thinking it's a little lame. Uh, because it was such a great way to get onto, like, a free streaming thing. And it does help. I mean, fucking Super Task Force is a four-year-old movie now with zero advertising, and I'm averaging 15,000 minutes watched a month ever since, like, December. That's, and, pretty, that's pretty awesome. Right. So, like, a new indie movie that's actually pushing itself could probably at least double that or triple that even. And mm. between physical sales and stuff, like, that's a good way to make extra money t- towards your budget. It really is. It doesn't cost you anything. You, it's not like nothing. you having to host your own uh, rentals or di- digital stuff. You give it to Amazon, they host it, they do it, they pay you. Yeah, that's it. It's great. Yeah, it's, um, it's free money. But again, it's it's everything that I've seen that has been taken off of Prime again. And other people have like agreed with me on this. Other people have said the same stuff like uh, Justin Channel, who's like another indie director. Uh, we both have the same reaction of like, really? Are you really shocked? Because it's, it's like hard exploitation shit that's getting pulled for the most part. Not all yeah. of it. There's some shit that's getting pulled a little unfairly in my opinion. But a lot of it is exploitation shit. And it's just like, it's not... I don't know what you expected. I don't know why you thought Amazon wasn't going to watch your fucking movie. And say, we don't want anyone to just stream this 
by accident at any given time. Yeah. Now I've have seen. It's funny. Like, I don't know if these ones specific fall in that category, but I've, I've been on Amazon Prime plenty of times and just going through and finding random movies. And it's like it would be funny because sometimes you will see some like silly like Skinamax skin flicks, mm-hmm. but nothing. I would say super terrible. Mm-hmm. But like what you're describing does sound like there's a lot of horror stuff where it's just like you know you're getting in the realm of gratuitous for the sake of being gratuitous. Exactly. Exactly. And, and like some that's... of those directors, I like as dudes. I, I I'm not a big fan of their movies because they're super gratuitous, and that's not my cup of tea. I'm not saying it's bad, mm-hmm. but it's not yeah. my cup of tea. And that's not a movie that's just going to be streaming like willy nilly. And again, Amazon's still accepting the films. Yeah. Now I will I will say that it is a little shitty that like if you search for one of those films, you won't see it unless you click on like a tiny little text link that says "Stop omitting adult films." I do think that's annoying if you're, t- especially if you're typing in the title of the fucking movie. Um, that's going to make it much harder for anyone to find the films. So that yeah. par- that part I do agree is a little lame. I think it'd be way better if you allow the film to be in the search results. Then when you click on it, it says includes graphic content or something like that. If I had to guess, there's there's been coming there's been a point where I think Amazon must be giving getting some issues with kids or people. I don't know. I'm not gonna say accidentally, but I think there's a they're getting complaints where the accessibility of this stuff is causing issues for them, and it's easier for them just to say, you know what, let's cover our backs here and just get this stuff off here. Like I like you said, still host it, still have it available for purchase, rental, all that type of stuff. But as far as just being free out there, there's no kid on the PlayStation Three accidentally watching, you know, a movie about a guy getting kidnapped and raped for ninety minutes. Uh, anything can happen, uh, either, whether it's accidental or on purpose, and maybe, maybe this also means, I don't know if this also has issues, maybe they have, need to have better parental controls, I don't know if maybe these, these films are falling out of them, and that's why they're having to be covered, and at the mm-hmm. same time, they can't have, quote-unquote, adult stuff on Prime, just in general, like, uh, you can clearly have, like, an MPA-rated, like, R-rated, like, maybe, like, a wide-release film, or something to that extent, but mm-hmm. some other things you can't. I don't know. There's, there might be some back-end details that not, not everyone knows. There could be. But at, it was big news in the indie horror community. Like, it was fucking everywhere for the past two weeks. People have been losing their minds. But, in my opinion, not that big of a deal. Yeah, it doesn't seem that bad. I mean, I, it, it seems annoying more than anything. Yeah, for sure. No argument with that. But the, I think... Uh, sometimes on film websites, and this isn't necessarily picking on horror fans or horror creators or any of that type of stuff. Anytime there's like some like pebble or little droplet of something that could seem as bad news, it's it's worth it first you know on advertising revenue for sites for click you know quote unquote clickbait and all that stuff to blow it up to make it seem some big thing. And because Amazon's a big company, you already magically click into that mode of well, they're a big company. Fuck them! How dare corporate! try to destroy us even though these same people destroy want money. the little guys even though at the same time these people want money from these corporate companies so at the same time i was like oh fuck corporate but please give me money for it please give me money for the movie i yeah. really have to make this budget back i know you guys are cocksucking pigs but i need this money back <laughs> please please help me i have like six I, I did the kevin smith method i have like 10 credit cards and i uh it's not working out oh you really shouldn't have done that yeah, he told you guys that it was a bad idea when he did it in his stand-up stuff. It just happened to work out for him. Lightning struck him. It's not going to strike you. Yeah, I... I'm sorry. Your 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 movie about uh, zombie ninja Native Americans attacking preteens isn't working out. Well, I think Captain Z is a great film, Bill. What's not? I didn't. I I didn't say. I didn't say I, the word pirate was nowhere in my uh, outlandish description. But if you want to make a film about zombie ninja Native Americans attacking preteen girls, I mean, let's get 10 credit cards and hook it up. Let's do it. I mean, at the same time, if we were Troma when we released that, we'd sell like 10,000 copies. Yeah, we probably would. <laughs> hey, Bill. Uh, uh, hey, Bill, you're a horror script idea. What do you think about making that an all-black cast? Because I think we can really market that. Uh, you know, if uh, I uh, when I write and when I conceptualize things i don't think of race uh but given what happens in my film idea without giving anything too too much away i'm really worried someone might think i was racist if i cast just black people in it okay okay well then no white people that's our that's our hook if this was the 70s and i was larry cohen i could 
produce and direct and write a full black cast film and not be called racist. But this is not the 1970s. It is not the 1970s. People are very weirdly sensitive to things. Super sensitive. But what really cracks me up about the whole Get Out thing, I'm not saying anything about the bad, bad against the film because I haven't seen it yet, but everyone... I, I don't know how to take this. I don't want to sound like I don't want to sound like John Tron. Now that it's come up, it's like very easy to think about that before you speak. But I feel like everyone's talking about how great it is that it's made all this money. But I'm like, it's a horror film. Horror films are usually cheap and they make a lot of money. Yep. Like wide release horror films. So, I mean, good on him. Great. I'm glad he made. I'm glad his film made over, debut film as a writer director made over hundred million dollars. Great. But at the same time, every horror film does. I mean, I'm sorry, not okay, not every most most horror films do that. Yeah. You know, it's, I don't know. I just don't think that's that big of an achievement. It's like, the, it's, oh man, the $4 million film made over $100 million. Uh, Paranormal Activity was like, what, 80000 and made like, like uh, way more than that. Yeah. Like, uh, like $150, $180 million, something like that. Some ridiculous amount. Yeah, crazy amount. I mean, this is, I don't know. That's just that. But yeah, let's, uh, let's um, put all the black people in it. Perfect. That'd be perfect. Uh, speaking of horror, uh, Fangoria is dead. Bye, Fangoria. We're late to this. We're late to this because I found out late and we haven't recorded. But yeah, Fangoria, this is fucked. Yeah, they just they weren't making money. Um, they weren't paying their fucking writers. Well, when your magazine is twelve fucking dollars in twenty seventeen, no one's gonna buy it. Yeah, and also they were charging way too much for advertising, especially for the amount of readership they probably had. Well, yeah, I mean, most you're going to get is someone at a Barnes & Noble grabbing the magazine, sitting down and reading it. Yeah, pooping in the fucking <laughs> bathroom, and that's it. Some magazines can still make it by, because they actually produce good content, and they have good readership, and they're cheap to produce, like Scream. Uh, Horror Hound, I, I think, was... I think I, My personal opinion is still verging on Fangoria territory, where it's kind of a big kind of circle jerk of a magazine, but Famous Sponsors of Filmland is still going. There's still a lot of great magazines out there, so yeah. definitely check those out, but... I, I was always blown away that Fangoria was still going because they constantly were known that they weren't paying their writers. They were just fucking people over right and left. And on top of that, how expensive their magazine was, I was just, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Yeah, so. not surprised at all. Like, it's it's an end of an era. It is, you know, it's a little uh, bitter, I'll be honest, as a horror fan. But, again, I'm not surprised. I'm surprised it took this long. Yeah. I am too. I mean, not only that, but I think I was telling you, I think I mentioned it to you once, Bill, but I looked into advertising for Fangoria um, back in, like, summer for Carousel, and the guy I talked to immediately replied to me being like, uh, you should think about advertising one of these other magazines, because I don't know if Fangoria is ever going to have another physical magazine again. Yeah. And, like, that was back in fucking, like, May or June, and, like, they did, they released one more book in, like, August... Or September, whatever it was, and that was it. Yeah, because that was the big thing. Like they haven't released anything in a long time, and it's just now. It's like, no, nope, we're dead. We're done. So, uh, I I feel bad for all the people that like just paid for a subscription. Oh, it reminds me so much of when uh, Wizard, Wizard and Toy Fair, and all those. Mag- I think Toy Fair had died before, but Wizard Magazine. That was the big thing when it closed. Like, no, we're gonna have a new magazine. They sold subscriptions and they did all this stuff and they didn't deliver anything. No, nope. just took the money. Yep. It's like, oh, that kills me. Same thing happened with, um, shit, what was another, there was another really big, like, film magazine back in the 90s that did, that pulled the same shit. Oh. It came back, it came back a couple times, I can't remember the name of the time, I apologize. It, it was a hardcore film, like, film nerd magazine. Mm-hmm. It was always really big and all this stuff, and it came back around for, like, another iteration, like, the early 2000s, and they sold, like, lifetime subscriptions, all this stuff. I think they did, like, five issues and then collapsed. And that was it. Yeah, and this took all, and took all these people money. It's like, oh, God, fuck you guys. <laughs> fuck all of you. Uh, so I think that's about it for news. We caught up we caught up a bit on our lives. We caught up a bit on some movie news. A couple things going on in the world of film. It's pretty exciting. It's always an exciting time to start movie films with Bill and Steve. Uh, but today we got we got to look at, um, we got to go back in the past. We got to go back to 1980 with this week's film. And truly the one that will save all of us. Flash Gordon. Savior of the PG, uh, directed by Mike Hodges. A football player and his friends travel to the planet Mongo and find themselves fighting the tyranny of Ming the Merciless to save Earth. Alright, there you go. Featuring the music of Queen. Fuck yeah. Uh, This tagline on this uh, poster on IMDb, get ready to kick some Flash. 
Oh, don't. Well, I mean, I feel like the first, the entire tagline is featuring the music of Queen. Get ready to kick some flesh. You know, um, that was clear. I, mean, I feel like that was a tagline made for the DVD release. Yeah, whatever this image is, it it it's clearly not the original. No, poster. No. Uh, let's look at the. Okay, here's here's the original poster. Uh, Pathetic Earthlings, who can save you now? That's way better. Flash Gordon. That's way better. Ah! <laughs> oh man, that theme is so fucking good. It is fantastic. And now uh, I, I I have to ask this anymore because I Steve surprises me constantly when I we watch a film. He's like, I've never seen this before. Steve, have you seen Flash Gordon before? Yes, but not enough for me to actually correctly answer yes. If you know what I mean. Okay, like so I've well I've just... seen it on TV as a kid. I've seen p- more pieces here and there growing up, but mm-hmm. like. I've seen it before, but this was the first time as a conscious adult sitting down watching the whole thing from start till finish. But I knew most of the things that was happening in the film. Right on. So I guess the big question on everyone's tips of their tongues. Steve, what did you think of Flash Gordon? I thought Flash Gordon was a great film. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was classic B-movie sci-fi. Um... Especially, uh, you know, it was 1980, so, like, this is post-Star Wars, and it was not afraid to go back to, like, the classic sort of 40s and 50s B sci-fi in terms of style and how they did stuff. Even though the effects were surprisingly held up pretty well. Oh, totally. I mean, I'll say this about the film. It cost $20 million in 1980 $1980. Uh, every dollar is on that screen. Oh, yeah, the fucking sets and costumes alone. Sets, miniatures, just everything. Like, the special effects of this film, top of the line. Cost, everything. Everything. This Every every frame is a painting, is a line commonly used to describe some films. And I would say, and it's certainly the case in this film, everything is on, on point. Yeah, I'd say so. It's, it's, it's incredible. And on top of that, I mean, uh, we got Queen. We got Queen. It's like, hey, we pay them money to do this one theme song. How much are we going to use it? As much as possible. And you know what? It works every time. I mean, they and they did the soundtrack. Like, you can listen to the whole soundtrack. Oh, yeah. And it's like, there's tons of great compositions and all sorts of great stuff. I mean, I, would I say that this soundtrack is better than the Highlander soundtrack? No. No, not at all. Uh, but sadly, though, this film made more money than Highlander, so the soundtrack is actually available. Yeah. Unlike Highlander, which the main songs from it were able to just get released on a, a kind of magic later. It's better burn out than to fade away. Fade away. <laughs> Happy Halloween, ladies. <laughs> 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 uh, I wish the Kurgan was in every movie. <laughs> I mean, I th- we said that during our review of Highlander. What's <laughs> true today? <laughs> Uh, but Flash Gordon, I mean, a great comic book movie. Yeah, it did, great and it did movie. such a great comic strip opening, like years before. Oh, Jesus Christ! And the uh, other comic book movies ever fucking tried. God, a little while back, that's why I'd been so long since I've seen the film because I like you. I watched it enough growing up, so I always had a good conscience about the film. Yeah, like, yeah, it's been a fa- favorite of mine for most of my life. Uh, rewatch, man, that opening credits is so fucking good. Oh yeah. Between the song, which is a great fucking theme song, and it's it's kind of a I don't know, kind of funny to talk about flat the Flash Gordon theme because it's just like so entrenched in pop culture. Yeah. But just that over like just like the the titles of like actors and stuff flashing and like in gold, boom, and then like all the, like the cuts to like all the bits of the comic strips and stuff. It look it's like all animated and cut together and all frantic. It's just like man, it gets you so fucking pumped, so pumped. It's, to see this fucking movie. Oh, and then see- and when you get to Act Three, and you hear Freddie Mercury yell "Flash" whenever it cuts to Flash Gordon, hype yeah. hypes the fuck out of you every time. Every cut is making you like "Flash, yeah, fucking oh, Flash!" So it's like you are pumped. That fucking bass drum is just kicking, <laughs> and it just get like the, the the piano chords bang and Flash. It's like it's cutting around. It's like then you're like, oh man, then you get a drop off. Then it's like. Keeps bumping. It's like, man, I keep your pulse pounding. You're racing in there. He's flying his fucking war rocket Ajax and motherfuckers. This, the editing of this film is fucking top notch. It's so good. Oh, yeah. It, it, you know, I won't... The editing is top notch, but uh, I 
blending going off this high of positivity to like a slight crease of negativity i will say the pacing is a bit slow in the middle yes but again i am always visually interested in this film yes because when i said before every frame's a painting i fucking mean it because even when they're on arborea and there's all this stuff with uh, timothy dalton i think that's kind of a slow point in the film it's still incredibly great to look at the sets are fantastic the costume design is fantastic timothy dalton is fantastic uh, fuck yeah, Timothy Dalton's <laughs> fantastic. Looking very Errol Flynn, which is funny, because he's playing that type of character in the 90s in The Rocketeer. Yes. Which is a funny, like, kind of play forward. He has the mustache. He, even his green, like, costume is very, like, Errol Flynn. Very like, similar. Robin hoodie. Yeah. Looking. It's very fantastic. Uh, I mean, so that, that'd probably be only negative. But yeah, as far as editing, though, it's like, it's cutting back and forth. It, like, especially when it gets to the third act of the film, and there's... All these things going There's on. There's so it's much going on, yeah. Cutting around, it's like always very fluid and keeping you really intense and interested. Whether or not you're following uh, uh, um, um, Dr. Zarkoff and Timothy Dalton around, or you're following... Uh, I'll come back to, I'm going to come back to Brian Blessed here in a minute. Oh, you're following yeah. fucking awesome Brian Blessed and Flash <laughs> attacking the war rocket. You got Dale... And uh, the princess doing stuff. You like you have all these cool little things going on here as you're cutting in between all of them. You never feel lost. No, never. Cause it, it, while it's a, not, I wouldn't say long film. I think it's. I think it serves its purpose at uh, almost two hours. It, it, it's a very simple story overall. Yes. And so you're able to follow everyone. You're able to follow this adventure. You're able to like see this fully real, real um, realized comic book world. It is just brought to you in full-blown Technicolor, and it's just, mwah. Like, this film is not afraid to be bright and vibrant and colorful as shit. Oh, yeah, and I got to watch it in HD, and oh, yes. man, it's so good. Like I will I will give huge thumbs up to the Blu-ray for this film. Yeah, the bright, colorful films look the best on Blu-ray, bar none, even if they're from 20, 30 years ago. If they're bright and colorful, they really take advantage of HD. Yeah, because this film has such bright use of uh, reds, golds, you see plenty of other characters that are using, like, you know, blues, purples, greens. Mm-hmm. It's just a rich and vibrant color color palette, which I think is definitely very indicative of the comic strip. Yes. Because the comic strip was that, you know, 30s, 40s, very golden age styling where everything's super bright. Because, again, they're really, they're working the most they can off of with the three primary colors. That's how a lot of the, the stuff worked back then. Mm-hmm. Make it easier for printing. Especially because they all use like garbage pulp paper and all sorts of stuff like that, right? And so you, you know, besides the designs of the film being straight out of like that time period between the rocket ships, all that type of stuff, you, they made sure to do the colors and everything. It's just a very, I don't know, true to form. It's just everything. It's a it's a masterpiece. Yeah, and all this, and, 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 and as far as visually goes, I mean, obviously. You can sit there and if you want to be an asshole, go, oh, this this plot is really stupid and all that stuff. But fuck you, that's not what the point is. It's supposed to be like this is a this is like a golden age science fiction tale brought made in the nineteen eighties, ready to kick your ass, take some names, motherfucker. You got Flash Gore and quarterback for the New York Jets, baby. <laughs> Woo! Having trouble keeping his gators down. <laughs> Styling profile. Uh I mean, where, where, where to go next, except uh, the only way you can top the awesomeness of the visuals of this film is by talking about Brian Blessed. Oh my god, Brian Blessed. He is a blessing in this film. Oh, he's so fucking good. So good. Every shot that he's in is fantastic. I agree. Uh, just, I mean, even just the world they build, like, it's so great. Like, him as... um. Uh, Prince Volkdan, like you get, you see this like fully realized, like this world of like these weird like hawkmen and their floating city, kind of. Uh, that's all. Kind of. Just a palace. Is it like mostly like a palace and just him, his big beard and his huge like laugh, his huge and smile like, and laugh. Yeah, huge monster of a man, and it's who's so happy. Oh, like he's the best. Like just when him and Flash are attacking the War Rocket Ajax and. He's like, who wants to live forever? And he's like this, like, like big teeth, like, dive! And yeah. like, there's like this fucking rocking guitar playing the flying <laughs> in. Uh, even, even, even the cornball scene of Flash fighting the soldiers, like, doing all the football stuff, which I would, I would maybe also put on the side of negative, where it's like, what, what's the point of this? It's, it's fun. Don't get me wrong. It's fun. It's very, it's, but it's, it's almost too goofy sometimes. Yeah. 
Uh, even that scene, like he's like just such a lovable like oaf of a character. He's like hitting guards with his mace and like secretly. Oh, do that. <laughs> oh who, who did that? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'm just a larger in life man, <laughs> being awesome. Uh, I love that. Like the big message of what Flash is trying to do is trying to make all of Prince Baron's and all of Prince Volton's um, people fight together. But then by the end of the film, it's literally just all the Hawkmen and Prince Baron. And that's yeah. enough. Like, that's all it took. <laughs> yeah. And I like to think it's because Volton is such a badass. Yes, he he's a one-man wrecking crew. <laughs> he is a one-man wrecking crew. There you go, fucks. I mean, there's, there's just so many, like, great points in the film. I mean, it's there's so many great moments. It's like... A lot of great moments, yeah. Totally, like when Flash is just like, on the rocket sled flying through. Yeah, looking fucking badass. I mean, <laughs> totally badass. He doesn't give I mean, a shit. Flash doesn't give a shit in this movie. And I really appreciate it. No, he's it. gotta save the Earth. Gotta save the Earth. That's, that's all matters. He's a fucking stand-up awesome guy. Played by Sam Jones, who I think is a really cool guy. And was apparently nominated for Worst Actor at the first Razzies. Of course he was. Which is 1980. Uh, fun fact, I also noticed... Uh, Worst film for the 1980 Razzies was Friday the 13th. That was nominated. Of course it was. If you want more reasons why the Razzies are fucking stupid, I mean... Super stupid. You can continue to look at the list of the films they've nominated over the years. I, I like Sam Jones a lot. I It's always been kind of strange to me he didn't have a bigger career. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think he's a cool guy. Yeah, he seems like a cool guy. Uh, who else can we talk about? Um, uh, I, th- Dale. I think Dale was great. Yeah, I think she's a fun character in this film. It's like, did did they explain why she was doing fucking flips and shit with the gun when she was avoiding the guards? Because I felt that came out of nowhere, but I didn't care. Hey, you know what? Uh, they didn't, uh, didn't explain shit. They didn't have to explain shit. You know why? Because she's looking cool. She's just kicking badass. some ass, blowing these motherfuckers away, tricking them, kicking butt. I like Dale in this film. I like how even i don't know i think it's such a modern trope to be like oh we can't have women being this that and then this other thing but even like in the 70s 80s you get films all the time where the female character while yes is in love with the male character still holds her own still kicks plenty of ass as a saving the day for herself getting in cool pillow kung fu fights with princesses Mm -hmm. drinking some stuff being like whoa that scene is so fantastic (laughs) like they're not hiding the fact that they're pretty much drinking roofie and they're gonna go have sex with ming yeah it's like, they're straight up about it. I really appreciate it's that. Straight up about it. Does it make you forget? Mm, no, but it helps. It makes remembering not feel so bad. <laughs> we gotta get high as fuck to fuck Ming. Yeah, and with Ming, uh, Max Van Saito, who is a fantastic character actor. So good. Uh, as Emperor Ming the Merciless. He was fantastic. Uh, you could, uh, and again, drawing with modern day issues, uh, he is whitewashing. Yes. How dare they get this white actor to play this character that is implied to be a derogatory Asian stereotype. <laughs> super derogatory. But I don't give a fuck. Whatever. He's awesome. He, he's super intimidating. Super cool. He is. Absolutely. He looks fucking sweet. And he's great at playing the role. Yep. Uh, Maximin Zaidao, who is the voice of Vigo the Carpathian. <laughs> fuck yeah. And all, he's in all sorts of... I, I know him the most, actually, from the Bob and Doug McKenzie Strange Brew. Yeah. Because he plays the uh, brewmaster in the film. <laughs> You're right. That is such. He's basically he's like the villain of the film, and I I might be like one of the few people that know him from like, that. A knows A loves Strange Brew, and B like would recognize him primarily from that film. Right. So that's pretty funny to me. And then um, I really really enjoy uh, Peter Wingard as General Clytus. Yes. He's, his character is not necessarily in the film a ton ton, but is this a is fantastic? Like just does this cold sarcastic asshole who's just this you know you know subservient to ming the image of hitler showing up like oh but he at least showed uh, promise i laugh so hard <laughs> at that scene because it's like oh how do we make sure our villains seem more evil uh how say hitler was cool <laughs> he was a cool guy he's a pretty cool guy at least there was one human that knew what he was doing yeah hit that guy hitler hitler <laughs> I mean, even beyond like just the act, I thought the the car- the design work for Clytus looked so fucking cool. Yeah, it did. Just basically a gold Doctor Doom. Yep, pretty much. Which is just cool design. I mean, again, going back to this, the production design of this film is just oh, so good. Um, I like Doctor Zarkov. Oh, Zarkov is so good. Um, how did you avoid his brainwashing? Oh, I just thought about Beatles music. Can't yeah. can't defeat the human spirit. 
Nope. And I bought into that. I didn't give a fuck. I was like, yep, sounds I good. Just, yeah, I like, I mean, everyone in this film is so charming and fun. And I like the whole introduction to him. Like, he's this crazy scientist on Earth and does, no one believes him. And him and his partner, are, he needs him to blast out his space parts. Like, I'm not doing it. And he's, like, shooting at him and stuff. And, I mean, just, and even the scene where he's getting his mind wiped. You're, getting, you're finding out this whole character's history. Yeah, you're, like, hiding from the fucking Jews and his wife died. You mean hiding from the Nazis? Jesus Christ. I, I don't know if he wants to be hiding from the Jews, unless the Jews truly are controlling the movie industry. Well, yeah, that's I mean, that what was, it that is. Was, that, Dino De Laurentiis was letting us know the secret. Yeah, I meant to say hiding as a Jew. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, this is so good. Like, that's great filmmaking there alone, where you're just seeing this, like, this entire character's backstory. Like, you already know a bit about him from Earth, but now you're seeing all this stuff about how he, like, escaped the Nazis, escaped all the dogs, stuff. like, whoa! Jesus Christ! So, he knew that really so cool guy, Hitler. <laughs> You know my close personal friend, Adolf. <laughs> I call him Addy. He hates it, but I don't care. <laughs> he hates it. It's a thing we do. It's the things we do. Um, uh, Princess Aura, very attractive. Ah, oh, she's, yeah, she's a lovely lady. Uh, very, fa- I, pretty famous Italian actress. I really feel like Flash should have fucked her. No, just she's just as she's helping him out. She brought him back from the dead. Just give her a pity fuck. It's only fair. Give her the pity. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like to have a flash. Like flash is like, no, I'm, I'm all about Dale. This woman I just kind of had this like chance meeting with and like had a connection with on a plane. But going back to New York, but they aren't exclusive. They aren't even dating. Flash, come on, man, you're a quarterback. No, flash is a stand-up, good mama's boy quarterback for the New York Jets. Woo! Woo! Going all the way this season, baby. All the way. All the way. Ooh. All the way. <laughs> Um, uh, I like how throughout the film the moon keeps on getting closer and closer to Earth, and they never talk about the horrible reactions that that's going to have. Like, I just want Flash to land at the end of the film and just like, oh, oh. I thought it wasn't the idea that the moon was going to crash; is that the moon was being blown apart, like it was going to blow, like the moon was just going to be blown up, and like all this other crazy shit. Maybe. You know what? The whole point of what happened, what's happening on Earth, is not that important. It's not because it, it, it's so. This film's great too because like. Ten minutes in the film, boom! You are in space. You're on yep. this planet. You are in it. Like you, you don't need to give a shit about any of this stuff on there's Earth. Not, not there's not there's not forty five minutes on Earth, no. and then eventually you kind of get to space, and then they land back on Earth to fight Ming. This film knows exactly what you want and why you're here. <laughs> you want to get to fucking cool space, cool fucking guard dudes, people. Getting stabbed on spikes, eyes melting out, people getting these... shot and then turn it, turning into Gak. Gak, yeah. All these different fucking alien races. Sweet fucking cool lizard dudes. Fuck yeah, lizard dudes. You guys are cool. Cool stumps of killer bugs killing young boys. Yeah. yeah. This film's got it all. All of it. Everything that you want. Uh, young boys. Young boys. Mm. <laughs> these young, soft boys. You looking forward to Spider-Man Homecoming? Watch Flash Gordon. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah, Flash Gordon. Um, I, one of the... Uh, it's just... It's such a weird trope that's been around, like, fucking forever. It's just the concept that, like, every fucking alien race in the universe and every fiction seems to live for, like, thousands of years, except humans that go for about 80. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that started or why that continuously happens, but it just, it comes up in this film and it just makes me once again go like, oh, so everyone in the universe is really old except us, but we're the best. Yeah, we're the best. Maybe it's because we're so young that we're the best. Earthlings are like the Mark Wahlberg of the universe. <laughs> hey, we have a space gun, honey. Yeah. What, you want to go? You want to fight? Pop off a Budweiser cap on some dude's space cart. <laughs> just drink it in front of him really angrily. <laughs> Oh, God, I can't wait to watch Age of Extinction here in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Not weeks, uh, I guess like a couple months. Uh, that's going to be fantastic. Uh, that's, that scene would have been better if Mark Wahlberg finished the entire beer in that scene. In like one take. Like just drank the whole bottle. Uh, hold on, Michael. I, I, I gaffed again. I need to drink another. <laughs> I'm a method actor. Method I, I got to get my alcoholism down. <laughs> got to get it down. You know, I, I build robots in Texas. Uh, my favorite part of this film is actually the, the, the finale, the climax of the film. You think this type of film, there'd be some big fight between Flash and Ming. 
No, Flash just crashes a fucking spaceship and it impales Ming on it. Yeah, it just so happens to impale Ming, yeah. It's great. And harking back to when we watched Dead Heat, we have another film where the the main villain kills themselves rather than be killed by the hero. Well, I took it as he wasn't killing himself, he was transferring his essence into the ring so that he could be reborn. Yeah, maybe if we got a sequel, that could have been elaborated on... Elaborated. Flash harder. Yep. Uh, that could have been uh, discussed more mm-hmm. and uh, could have been uh, cleared up I mean, a lot the, more, I mean, yeah, I, the film ends with a question mark. It does. Uh, sadly, this film did not do well enough yeah. to warrant a sequel. Unfortunately, I think it was the fact that it was post-Star Wars that people weren't on board with the retro sci-fi. Like, I think if this film came out ten years after, it would have done a lot better. You know what? But then at the same time, I don't know if... Get, this film came out at the perfect time. This was the heart... Because given the, the the look of the film, the style of the film, it's not. It's it came out at the heart of like post Star Wars. It came out in the heart of disco. It came out in the heart of just that time period. This film feels like such a good time castle as time period, while still trying to harken back to this golden age science fiction, 19, you know, thirties, forties, this type of stuff. But still, I don't know, having this like edge and this like feeling of the time period it was made in. And I feel like if it came out in like eighty nine or ninety, it'd be too it'd way too cynical and too serious. It'd be too stuck up its own ass. I mean, you might be right. I just wish the film did better. That's all I'm saying. I, you know, it's so funny. Like, I mean, with a lot of times the cult films, if we as we've talked about, like you, and me, like film nerds, like handful of people here and there, like they really know films. And this film is considered a cult film, but like everybody knows about Flash Gordon. Everyone, it's not a cult film but at the, all. But, but theatrically, it was practically a bomb. It was a $20 million budget. It only made $27 million. Mm-hmm. And it did pretty well internationally in a lot of markets, like in the UK and in Italy, because it had some pretty pretty big-named uh, Italian actors in the film. But it just didn't do very well. But I, I don't know if it's one of those cases that it just picked up super, like, I don't know, uh, pop culture saturation through television film. But I'm sorry, television home video, because this is the 80s. We're moving into home video being king. But a lot of times, some films would be able to make their money back and then see further success and further sequels off of home video and that type of stuff. But Flash Gordon never managed to. Mm-hmm. And that's just uh, rather surprising to me that this film is like feels so well known yet still it's somehow still super in that cult status. And I think it's I think it's having to do with the theme the the Fla- uh, I'm sorry the Flash Gordon theme song by Queen. I think that is something that surpassed the film like left over it like more people know about that know about the flash ha ha and all that stuff more than they know about the actual film and all the stuff that happens in the film because mm-hmm. i highly doubt anybody re- remembers richard o'brien being in this film. oh fucking nobody knows that for, for a small little scene so uh i don't unless there's any uh final thoughts i think we can uh wrap up this discussion of flash gordon yes we can uh i mean great film i love it to death i think it's such a sincere charming fun piece of cinema completely agreed that is uh, needs to be seen to be believed great 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 queen soundtrack uh good time all around great time so uh let's get into our star rating steve what would you give flash gordon uh overall great film but it has some issues mostly the pacing in the middle of the film uh so i give it a four and a half i also give it a four and a half for those exact same reasons Fix up the pacing problems in the, in the middle while they are gorgeous to look at. It still sometimes leaves me sitting there going, nah, okay. Yeah, I get it. We could, yeah, come on, put your hand in the fucking hole again. Let's. Yeah, I, oh man, that trick out is so The fun. trick out's fucking great. Uh, Flash is such a smart character. He is. You wouldn't, have, you wouldn't expect that. Although the, It's so easy to be a big lumbering wolf. Although the scene of um, Ming literally standing at the edge of a black hole, Flash could have just walked up and pushed him. You know what? Uh, it probably, probably would have worked. It would have worked fine. <laughs> no, you, you don't. You don't know that. It's okay because uh, Flash killed him with a fucking rocket, <laughs> which end. is way more badass. Way more badass. Uh, so there you go. There is our final scores. Let's get into our end of show plugs. As always, guys, you can email us if you have any thoughts. You know, if you want to let us give us the updates on JonTron, just email us at moviefilmsatjonesteve@gmail.com. <laughs> give us the up to dates. I don't really pay much attention. I just go off of what Steve or our friend Edward have to say why they post uh, captions and gifs and things Dan, on the facebook or dan I read it, dan I go, as well dan lock <laughs> yeah that's what i'm gonna say i'm gonna say dan lock i get mixed up between him and they're basically guy. the uh, same person they are the same person they're like all blah, 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 like merged all whites look alike it's 
That's true. I can't. I can't tell me and Steve part ever. Ever. When he used to have the mullet, I can go, ah, it's mullet Bill. Do you know okay. how many times Bill's accidentally had sex with my wife? He didn't even mean to. I just fell into just it. fell. Is that rape? I don't. I mean, she well, she probably thought you were me. Okay, so it's not rape? No, not rape. That's the, maybe maybe it's like half rape. Half. So it's just rap? Yeah. Or maybe it's piss. <laughs> what are you in for? Piss. Oh, oh man, that's bullshit, man. You shouldn't have got. I got, I got, I got caught for rough. <laughs> and of course, you can find all of our episodes on moviefilmsbillandsteve.tumblr.com. They're all listed there. It's fantastic. And if you want to get on the social media slash other means of staying up to date with the podcast, we are on Facebook. Just look at moviefilmsbillandsteve. It's fantastic. Give us a like. Make a post again. We're always looking for suggestions. Oh. I keep saying that every episode. Just give us a give us a hint. Give us a tip. Yeah, give us a hot tip. Hot tip. Let us know when the next issue of Fangoria might be coming out. Never. And, uh, <laughs> you can, of course, find us on iTunes. to go move films with Bill and Steve. It's, it's great. You can subscribe. Leave, leave a review. There's like two reviews. I mean, anyone listening to this on iTunes, you just go in there and just go beep, boop, beep. These dudes don't know what the fuck they're talking about. John Tron is an honest, loving man. <laughs> he- uh, Game Grumps uh, saved my marriage. <laughs> Don't you dare talk bad about Ego Raptor. I don't care if he wears pajama pants all the time. It's okay. I mean, I, su- okay. I support pajama pants. I gotta be honest. Yeah, it'd be cool if Ego Raptor ever did anything with his life. And, uh, of course, you can find us on Stitcher, on the website, or on the mobile app. Mwah, it's fantastic. Lovely. Love it. So great. And I am on Twitter, at LovableBill. Check it out. And you can check out my movies, SilverSpotlightFilms.com, Facebook.com slash SilverSpotlightFilms. You can go to KarisHell.com for the direct link to the movie. Buy it now while you can, directly from the filmmaker, before it gets picked up by the company. And of course, you want to look at me wearing spandex, which I will be doing in just a few short weeks. You can go to Facebook.com slash TheAmazingSpiderSteve. Fantastic. Well, as always, guys, I've been Bill. I've been Steve. Gordon's alive!